Hello, and welcome to 9-2-Wise Podcast, You've Got This, a new parent get-together where we answer some of the questions you have about being a new parent but might not have had the chance to ask. I'm Sally Tannen, director of 9-2-Wise Parenting Center, and today we're talking about the loss of a parent. We've invited Dr. Laura Venuto, a psychologist and leader of some of our support groups here at the Parenting Center, to join me in talking with two moms, both of whom lost a parent before or right after they became parents themselves. Dealing with that kind of devastating loss is difficult enough, but all the feelings it brings up as you become a parent feels like something that isn't often discussed, and both Sam and Gwen generously offered to join us to talk about it. So welcome to the three of you. Sam, I'm going to start with you. I know you lost your dad. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about that? Sure. So I lost my dad in 2009 after a long and difficult illness. I was 26 at the time, and I was dating my now husband, who actually proposed about a year later. And for me, not having my dad there and knowing that this was the beginning of my life with Matt and the beginning of my forming my own family and a life that my dad would never get to be a part of was sort of that first moment of realization that this was all going to be very different for me than a lot of my peers. And having kids was just so deeply connected with those thoughts and those emotions and realizing that all of the the like very pure happinesses in my life moving forward would be laced with sadness too and wouldn't have that purity that I'd always kind of imagined. So yeah, understanding that that those were going to be inseparable was a real moment of truth for me. Um, and then subsequently kind of learning how to enjoy the joys while still mourning the loss because you can't you can't separate them. They're just intertwined forever. Before we get any deeper, thank you. Um, uh, Gwen. I had my son in 2014, and a few months after he turned one, we learned my mom had cancer, um, and she died two years, two and a half years later, a year and a half later. Um, So he was almost three, so a year and a half later. And... Then I had a second son, who's nine months now, so after she died. Uh, so it was... How much later, after your mom passed away, did um, you have your son? About a year later. Mm-hmm. So having experiencing that, experiencing that loss is very different when you're worried about yourself, but you're also worried about your child. Uh, my son was almost three. He was very, very close to my mom. Um, so it was interesting dealing with grief and self-care after going through that trauma of losing your mom while being a parent and being present for your child. And something that Sam said that really struck me is the when you experience this pure happiness and the loss is there and, and moving forward and all of these landmark things that are so exciting and her presence is always there and it's, it's sad. It really is. Um, and how to just be fully present and experience those pure, happy moments, um, can be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that you're going to share some of those ways in which you've actually managed to, to cope. Laura, did you want to begin? Sure. Um, I just want to thank both of these ladies for being here and 
sharing so honestly with us because I do think this is a topic that resonates for many people. I'm always amazed in my groups just how many people have experienced loss and are really looking for a community of other people to talk to about this. So I was wondering next, you know, for both of you, and I assume the answer is no with your youngest ones, but with your oldest children, have you talked to them at all about your parent? Um, And I was wondering what types of questions, if any, your children have asked about your parents, your dad and mom, respectively. This is, I think, one of the hardest spaces for me to navigate. We have pictures of my dad throughout the house, and often they're pictures of my dad with my mom. And my older son, Lucas, is incredibly close with my mom. They have a really wonderful relationship. She's gaga as in lady, um, unrelated obviously to that, but, um, it was when he was first talking that sort of just came out and it stuck. (laughs) Um, and Lucas has, has definitely started asking questions. Lucas, you know, notices that my husband's parents, Nona and granddad live together and are together and Gaga lives alone. And, and yet there's this person in pictures and, you know, we tell him, that, oh, that's Pop Pop, because that's, that's what he would have been called and what he was called. So, yeah, we, it's, you know, who, where is Pop Pop and why does Gaga live alone? And the only answer that I have ever been comfortable giving him so far, and I say it every time, is Pop Pop lives in our heart. And I try to just, like, le- like leave it there and, like, let him interpret that for what, it could mean for him. And I struggle because I do want to talk about him more. And yet I, and and I want the boys to know all about him and all the incredible things about him. And yet when I do that, I feel like I'm inviting a discussion about what it means to die. And, you know, the, the boys are so young and I just have this fierce desire to protect that innocence for as long like as I possibly can and that might not be the right move either but I find that the more I talk about my dad um, the more I open myself up to conversations that I'm not yet ready to have with him with Lucas especially um yeah it's very complicated yeah no as as he gets older he'll have more of an understanding and he'll have more questions and you'll answer them as they come up. I don't think you have to feel like you have to explain anything. He'll, he'll ask you when he's ready to hear. And I think a really important thing in case we don't get to it, you know, we were thinking of possibly discussing tips about talking about death and loss with children, but just here in the moment of if there's ever a time when you're sad, I think an important thing to do is try not to hide it. Um, that's very understandable that you feel sadness around this. You spoke very eloquently at the beginning of this discussion about that. And this is going to be the beginning of teaching him about death might just be teaching him that sometimes having him witness that sometimes you are sad and something is not quite right. And as he gets older and he's even more articulate and has a great understanding, as Sally said, that will be the basis of this discussion. Yeah. We were actually in, the car last weekend and out of nowhere Lucas said mommy daddy are you guys gonna die and and it was like where did it come from and we dug around a little bit as it turns out his uh Nona his grandmother on my husband's side had taken the boys to the library one afternoon while Matt was on a business trip and I had something I had to do and 
Lucas had found the Daniel Tiger book about the bluefish, which I didn't know, and he had read it, and Nona didn't really know about this fish, which, of course, every mom on the Upper East Side knows to watch out for the Daniel Tiger about the bluefish if you don't want to have that discussion. Um, and, you know, she wasn't really sure how to handle it, and so there wasn't too much discussion, and about a week later in the car, it's, are you guys going to die? And it was... Right. It, it never comes up when you expect it to. <laughs> Yeah, but the good news is that there are are so many wonderful children's books out there that talk about pets as well as grandparents and that you can kind of use that as a a way in when when you're ready. And I think parents do need to be prepared that there probably will be other questions, but other questions don't have to have long, complicated answers. Um, You meet your kids where they're at where they're at, they ask a question, you answer it as succinctly as possible, and unless there's a follow-up question, you leave it there. Um, and just trying to be honest, um, I think will make it easier for you know for any parent listening to this, or you know, Sam, um, just long-term, as we sort of set the foundation of the understanding of the concept, because it's complicated, and it's hard for us as adults to understand. And it's also fine to have a I don't know answer sometime to some of this some of the questions that may arise. Uh, Gwen, you also did something really special, which is in front of us, which I would love everyone to see. You made a book. I did. I did. The hardest part when my mom died that would instantly make me cry, even if I was at a moment of, you know, holding it together, was the idea or the thought of Caleb forgetting her. So I had the idea of making a book, and initially I just thought kind of a photo album, but then I actually think it was, um, I don't remember who it was, but someone said, you know, if you attach stories to pictures, it kind of makes the memories a little more concrete or Mm -hmm. they stick. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, So what I did was I made a photo album, but I, I made it a book, so... I have pictures and I start from when I was pregnant and, you know, I said, this is a story about Baba and Caleb Snow, his middle name Snow. You have so many precious memories together. Here are some stories and pictures to help us remember them. And I go through and, you know, I talk about, you know, my baby shower and the day he was born. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. Um, So, you know, I even said, when you were first born, Baba would come to our apartment in the Upper East Side to just hold you so Mama and Dada could take a nap or clean the bathroom. So obviously that's something he doesn't remember. That's not. um, But then, you know, I I have pictures and I, you know, of Thanksgiving. I, I have pictures from the first time he slept at her house. So just, you know, so he can remember her and a trip we took and just pictures of her reading to him. And so, you know, it was nice for me. It was therapeutic for me. And, you know, I feel that if I'm walking with him and I see like a flower that I think she would have liked, I can just talk about it with him. I say, oh, look at this pink flower. I think Baba would have loved this flower. I could tell him a story about my childhood if it pops into my head. So in a way, it's very therapeutic for me to be able to talk about it. Because I feel like in day-to-day life, if you're constantly bringing up your dead mother, people may start to be uncomfortable. (laughs) But with my sons, you know, and my husband, but I don't do it too much with him. But, you know, if she, you know, you're always thinking about them in the back of your mind and things come up that remind you and you can just say, oh, 
Here's here's a little context. You've given him a way to keep um, her memory alive by talking about her and having this book to refer to. And right, yeah. right. So we wanted to switch the discussion now a little bit over to thinking about coping, which we touched on at the beginning and said we would circle back to. I know this is can be very painful, this experience, and you've both alluded to that. But can you talk to us, especially for if there's any parents at home who are newly grappling with this, these circumstances, recently lost their parent of sort of ways to cope, especially in light of being a parent. Gwen had mentioned something that I was going to ask about, about needing to be present um, and having a toddler and the demands of parenting a toddler when you're going through your own loss. And Sam so eloquently talked about every time you've had happiness, you know, it's come back to laced with some sadness. So in light of that, any advice or thoughts you guys can share about coping and self-care I think would be really helpful. Well, when I learned my mother passed away, I initially, I just told my husband, like, I just need to kind of be apart from my son for a little bit because I really needed to cry. And I was fearful that I wouldn't want to cry in front of him. You know, we talk about like them seeing you sad. I feel like seeing you sad and seeing you hysterical are two very different things. And I felt like I could, my husband was there. I could ask him to just take my son. And I did, for that first day, um, I just needed a little space to really mourn. Um, But I decided to do therapy. And unfortunately, I didn't have a great experience because my therapist wasn't very familiar with the grieving process and the intricacies. And I mean, she said to me, I think on our second session, like, well, you're a guidance counselor. You know the stages of grief and just moved on. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Great. Time to find another therapist. Yeah. So I ended up actually stopping after I think going three times because it was just so, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're a parent and you you work and you you need to kind of get home and get dinner and pick up your son. So he's not the last one at daycare. And, you know, it was really hard. Um, So I wish I was able to give more of myself to therapy, but New York city, if you are in New York city, There are a lot of really good resources. I know there's a few organizations throughout the city that have groups for people who who lost parents. Um, And then there's this organization called The Dinner Party. And my sister, actually, who doesn't have kids and was able to do a little more self-care. And I actually feel like I got a a lot out of her group. (laughs) She would come back after her sessions and kind of tell me like what practices they did and things she learned. And I actually found that really great. Um, But the dinner party is something where people get together. It's anybody who experienced a loss um, and they have a dinner party potluck and it's, um, she really got a lot out of that. She was in DC and now back in New York and they're all over Um, but it's hard. It's hard when you're grieving and you have to be present and it's important to kind of, if you have a partner, um, to kind of tell them what you need. Um, if you don't have a partner to reach out to friends or family and just, if if you need a break, if you need to just mourn, it's important. It was for me to just take that time and really, you know, listen to yourself and see you know, what you need and try to organize how, how to have this time. And and I think that was one thing that was good with therapy, despite not having a great therapist is I knew I can kind of have this hour on Wednesdays after work. 
So when I was with my son and I started to kind of spiral a little bit, I could be like, you know what? Tomorrow I go to therapy and I can talk about this. Um, And that, just having that block of time where I could just cry and just contemplate and talk about her was really, really beneficial. And I just, I appreciate all your thoughts. And I did want to share one or two reactions, which is, it's true. Like you said, it was an ideal scenario that you could ask your husband to take over um, so that you could be really, really upset. But if anyone is listening who picked up the phone and learned that they lost their parent while their child was present, you know, please don't judge yourself if you cried hysterically because who wouldn't? And that's what happens. Um, and Or maybe you'd have a different reaction. No judgment, <laughs> right? It's, there's, it's all, there's no, no one way to grieve. There's no normal reaction. That's something else important to think about as we're talking to our kids. They don't need to talk. They don't need to cry. They can respond how they need. But um, even if we have a time, whether it's around death or another situation where we get really upset in front of our child, we can always talk about it with them later. And that action of showing them becoming really distraught or really angry or really scared and working through it is very helpful for them. And you're actually teaching them and modeling that you know, to them about, about managing emotions. So we're, we're good at being very critical of ourselves. And I just wanted to use this as a reminder to, you know, all the guilty mothers listening that (laughs) let's just give yourself uh, a break. Um, And I think Gwen also mentioned about, uh, especially if you do not have a partner, um, the idea of getting help and be very specific. If someone says to you, I'm so sorry, what can I do? Say, you can make me dinner Thursday. You can come play with my child for one hour Saturday morning. You can, you know, and there are, and you can also, if you're listening and you haven't experienced a loss, but you just want to help someone, this is reminding you of a friend, offer very specific support so that people are more likely to take you up on it. Um, So thanks, Gwen, for all your thoughts. And Sam, if you have anything you'd like to add, there's no pressure, but if there's anything you want to share, you're welcome to do so. Yeah, I guess the one thing I would add is, um, is, you know, it was different for me because that immediate intense grief was before I had my kids. Um, And then at the same time, Gwen, you mentioned the stages of grief. I don't feel like my grieving process is done. And I would just, you know, put that out there that if I don't think people should feel like it has to be done. Um, it changes and it in some ways gets like just more intertwined in your life and less something that sticks out. Um, but it's always there. And so for me, what I focus on and what I try to do is, um, you mentioned sort of like rituals, right? So like every year on my dad's birthday and on his yard site, which is the anniversary of his death, um, my husband and I FaceTime with my sister in London and my mom, and we all kind of get together virtually and we say Kaddish. And maybe equally importantly, we have a phenomenal glass of wine because my dad was a wine collector and it was one of his passions in life. And, you know, we still have a cellar full of some insane bottles that were his. And so we have a great glass of wine. And on every major family occasion, we break out one of those bottles from his collection, births of our kids, weddings, I mean, all of it. Um, and, and that's sort of our way of having my dad there. 
I hope that as the boys get older, that's something that we can start to do with them mm-hmm. and kind of explain to them why we're doing it and what the significance of it is. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that through that, they get to know my dad a little bit, even though they never knew him. So Sam and Gwen and Laura, thank you so much for coming, for your openness. We're very grateful um, for everything that you have offered today. Um, Here are some takeaways from our conversation. The first is really about self-care, that it's really important to tell your partner um, what it is you need, whether it's a break to go and cry or to take a walk or whatever it is to share that. Another uh, thing that you talked about was not to be afraid to ask for support and to be very specific about how friends and family can help you. You can make dinner for me on Thursday night, or you can take me to the movies on Monday. I think that uh, people and friends and family look for ways to help and are grateful when you can be, when they can really help you in a concrete and productive way. And the third was to create some kind of book or photo album with pictures of um, your parent who you've lost that you can always refer to, that your child can always look at. Um, You can create a story around it, um, but it'll always be there. And I think it's very helpful for both you and ultimately for your child. Your child will always have that. So again, thank you so much for coming. I'm Sally Tannen, director of the Parenting Center, the 92nd Street Y. Thank you again to Sam, Gwen, and Laura. We can keep the conversation going on our Parenting Center Facebook page at facebook.com slash 92yparenting. Stop by and add your own questions or comments. And to learn more about 92y's Parenting Center, please visit 92y.org slash parenting. And thank you for listening.